Well, I want to open in prayer and then uh, see if we can come up with some singing. Father God, I thank you that we are able to come here. We are able to look into your word. Lord, that your spirit is living and active and uses your word to pierce our hearts, pierce our souls, uh, down to the dividing of bone and marrow, Lord, right down to the very heart of things. I pray that you would uh, grant us wisdom to hear your word and to act on it, Lord, that we would take the knowledge that you give us and turn it into wisdom of action. And uh, Lord, we want to let the world know what you have done for us. We want to share with the world your grace, your mercy, your love, your faithfulness, I pray that you would help us to see how to do that and to honor and glorify you through it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 That is uh, what I want to cover today. But All right, Jefferson, are you kicking us off or where's that? All right. You the man. I'm standing on the Ravda. Never Come 
Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Good way to start the day, singing praises. That's awesome. I think uh, we touched on uh, the Lord and how we worship Him yesterday a little bit. And today what I was seeing was Paul laying out the story of how God was working through the Israelites to bring the good news. And so I got just a little bit of the section of Acts here in chapter 13. Acts 13, 16 through 20, where Paul is testifying to the goodness and glory of God. And so I want to share that. And I want you to understand that this is how we can impact eternity, by sharing the goodness and glory and grace of God that we serve. Let's read Acts chapter 13, 16 through 20. So Paul stood up. And motioning with his hand, men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, he led them out of it. And for 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. So I just wanted to touch those five verses. In that, we got to see Paul starting to share who God is and how he is working in human history for his purpose. See, he called out the Israelites. He picked them up as as Abraham, and then he said, I'm going to bless this man, and I'm going to bless his children for my purposes. Not because they are good. As a matter of fact, he points out that they are not good in the long run, consistently. And so even when he talks about in uh, Acts 13, 18, he says, and for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness, right? Because they kept rebelling. They kept denying him, and God put up with them for his purpose, for his glory. And Paul is laying this out so that we can understand that God is good. We need to testify to the goodness of God. Acts 13, 16. So Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, men of Israel and you who feared God, listen. So Paul was talking to people who recognized God. And this is where we've got to get to first. We've got to get to the point where we're talking to people who recognize God. Because what did it say about faith? God, it requires faith. Faith is what he's looking for. People who believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So Paul is looking at people who believe God exists and he is trying to help them see that God rewards those who seek him. So Paul is sharing the goodness of God. And this is what we're called to do. We are called to share the goodness of God. Guess what? I'm going to ask you guys to do that a little bit at the end here. But I want to go through this passage. Acts 13, 17. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, he, lifted, he led them out of it. 
When it says he made them great, he basically increased their numbers. That's what he's saying in that. That's the English of the Greek, right? So we have uh, multiple languages translated, but that's what he's saying. He made them great. He built them up as a people. So there were hundreds of thousands where there were only 70 that went in. So he made them great. But with uplifted hand, uplifted arm, that's, that's a symbol of power, right? So it showed, God showed his power by pulling them out of Egypt. So Paul was speaking of God's grace and God's power in acting. He was testifying to the goodness and greatness of God. Acts 13, 18, and for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. Paul's talking about God's patience, right? God is patient. Even though they were rebellious, God put up with them. And he continued to draw them because he had purpose in this. God is good. Testify to the goodness of God. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. God, Paul is testifying to the sovereignty of God. God is all-powerful. And he accomplishes what he wants to accomplish. And he can wipe out seven nations if he chooses because he is God. We are to testify to the sovereignty and the goodness of God. That is our job. Paul summarizes for his listeners how God selected the Israelites and increased them in Egypt, then led them out, and by his power and sovereignty, transformed their destiny to become the children of God. God was doing the doing. The Israelites weren't. God was doing it. God was proactively working to position the Israelites where he wanted them for his purpose, and his purposes are always good. We need to constantly keep looking at how can we testify to the goodness of God, to the greatness of God, to his grace, to his mercy. You see, the gospel, Jesus coming, was to save us from our sinful state, from our state of imperfection, where we are not as good as God. It is not a mistake. It's not like God said, oh, I made these people. Oops, look it, they made a mistake. Now, how am I going to clean this up? God started off with a purpose of glorifying his name by allowing us to be sinful, by allowing us to be failed, and then showing that he could love us even when we were failed. It says in the, in the New Testament, in spite of our sin, he loved us while we were yet sinners. He loved us, right? So God did this on purpose so that he could show the goodness of his grace, his mercy, and his love that would affect those that even were failed. In their failure, he could show his love. History is part of God's story and God set us within the bounds of time so that we could look into time, look back in time and say, hey, this happened in time. See, God is a God of eternity. He looks at time all over the place, but we are bounded by time. So we have to go through time and then we can look back and say, hey, this happened. And when we look back and we say, hey, God did this in my life, we call that a testimony. God did this in my life. God showed me grace. God showed me mercy. And God uses that testimony for his glory, for his honor. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 through 11, 
They're talking about overcoming Satan and how Satan is thrown down. And I've shared this with you before, but I want to hit it again. Revelation 12, 10 and 11. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even to death. You see, the word of our testimony of God's goodness and God's grace is transformative. There's power. Satan cannot stand against that. You know, we fear Satan. We fear evil demons, right? I've heard that since I've been here. I've heard that in the States. Satan has power. You know what? Satan has no power over God. God created him. And so no matter what, I just spoke with someone yesterday who, who was concerned that they had been cursed and that they would not be able to operate with God anymore. And I said, that's not true. God is the one that controls whether a curse lands or not. No matter what someone says in the power of Satan, they have no power over God. God has absolute power over all things, including Satan. Satan is more powerful in the spiritual realm than I am, but not when I walk with Christ. If I'm without Christ, he can have power over me. But in Christ, he can do nothing to me. And so I can have absolute victory, and I can glorify and honor God by holding up him. I can humble myself and honor him. These guys are testifying. When they testify, they are testifying to something. They're testifying to God's goodness and God's grace. When Moses was leading the Israelites and God said, these Israelites are wearing me out. I'm getting tired of them. Remember, he put up with them. That's what it said. He put up with them. Well, well God told Moses, he says, these guys are not doing well. And Moses is like, oh, Lord, please <laughs> don't leave us. Don't leave us alone. Moses humbled himself before God and he said, I need you. I need you. And then he asked an interesting question. It's a question that I have been asking more and more in the last 10 years. Moses said in Exodus 33, 18, please show me your glory. Show me who you are. Show me your character. Guys, that is what I want to see because when Moses saw that, it transformed his life. What was God's glory? You think it was a bright shining light? Was it power? Remember Elijah on the mountain? God came and there was a hurricane and there was fire and there was an earthquake, all this noise and power. God wasn't in that. God was in a still small voice. And when God showed Moses his glory, Let's listen to what he said. What he showed Moses when he showed him his glory. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed. He proclaimed his character. He said, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. This is God's glory. That he is merciful that he is gracious, that he is patient, he is slow to anger, 
and he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's God's glory. It doesn't seem big to us. That just seems like words. But God has said that our testimony of him and him doing those things in our lives will overcome Satan. So when you are confronted with Satan, with evil, you can testify to God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's love. When I was being worn out, actually, this past weekend with all that's coming in, in this mission, in this ministry, and all the things that God is asking me to take on, I was worn out. I was getting down. And I sat down in the morning and I said, Lord, I can't handle this. There's a lot of stuff, way beyond what I can do. And he helped me see that he is faithful. And it's not by my power. It's not by my might, but it's by his strength and his spirit that this will be accomplished. And so I can come to you guys and I can say, this is where we're going. I can testify that God is good. And God is going to overcome all of, all of the obstacles that are in our way and glorify and honor his name. I need to close. I want you guys to think about that. Share with each other one thing that God has done that is good for you. It's one way he has shown his grace. I'd like to take time to do that right now, but I don't have time. I need to go up the hill. But thank you very much. Let me uh, close in prayer. Father God, I thank you for these men. I pray that you would open their hearts and minds to your grace, to your mercy in their lives and that they would be able to voice those things today, that they would share that testimony and in doing so, pour that over the blood of your lamb and you would overcome Satan in their lives. Give them victory, give them joy in the day today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.